Hey, Neil. Sorry I'm late. I was stuck in the draft of a slow driver all the way here. Okay, but hurry up. we got to finish our first draft of the cold open. Hold on. I'm pouring myself a draft beer. Can you close the windows? It's a little drafty in here. Welcome to episode 138 of Wolves Cast, the show that hasn't recorded in over six months. What are the Timberwolves again? Hosted by myself and my brother, I'm Neil. I'm Scott. We back. We say that all the time, but this time around, Scott, it's been a long time and we are indeed back. Yes, yes, yes. It's been a long and crazy year, as I'm sure all of you know, um, but maybe if you're in the future and you're just doing a binge of like old Timberwolves podcasts because you, you're a new fan of the team, you know? Uh, LaMelo Ball has led it to several championships and you're like listen back to the archives you're like what was it like back in 2020 it was a lot of not Timberwolves basketball you know uh, we got a very fun bubble uh, playoff run that we enjoyed watching a lot that was a great distraction uh, when we we're all just sitting at home doing nothing but as far as Timberwolves basketball has gone this is the longest we've gone without it as in you know history yeah it's gonna be you know it's six months like we said since we've done a show but man when when the team actually suits up it'll be like eight months since they've like played basketball or whatever so yeah maybe maybe longer it's you know march to december so that's you know 10 months yeah so uh you know i don't know i think we might have a lot of new listeners to the show you know i feel like uh i don't know it's just been a long time and uh you know the wolves have a number one pick so maybe there's going to be some people listening to us for the first time. Hello, we're Wolvescast. I think it's weird. I was uh, outside in the snow right before this, and I'm like, okay, it's you know normally we're recording podcasts. It's snow outside, you know, right. because normally this would be part of the season. We'd be a month into the season normally. Yep. Uh, but here we are in the snow, middle of November, talking about the upcoming NBA draft. And oh, looking weird. forward to free agency. So weird. Yeah. Usually it's uh, yeah the season starts like mid October, and uh, yeah we're a month in by now. Yeah. But instead we're just we're just talking some draft. It's going to be another strange year. You thought last year was weird with the truncate, you know, at the end getting kind of clipped off and all that stuff. No, this year is going to be weird. Lots of stuff to get through. But, you know, we have a number of weeks before, you know, before we get into kind of what this season of Timberwolves basketball is going to look like. So, you know, today we're going to mostly just focus on the draft. You know, that's that's what's that's what's around the bend as we record this less than a week away. We have the NBA draft, and hey, the Wolves have the number one pick. So, uh, And what is always true about the Wolves, admirably so, with how b- bad we've been. I mean, we're objectively the uh, you know worst franchise in NBA history. Yes. But we're rarely bag. boring, you know, good or bad, mostly bad. We're not boring, though. And that it's yeah. once again, who knows what the upcoming season will bring. But we're already in the, in the thralls of intrigue because we've got the number one draft pick this year. Oh, and, it's special. Uh, it's a special thing to have. You know, with the draft coming up within the next week, we're going to spend most of our focus of this episode talking about the draft, kind of previewing it. I hope you listen to it before the draft because all of this becomes pretty much invalidated. <laughs> I was saying yeah, it's, it's in. interesting because the NBA draft is one of those things. I was likening it to the election coverage where it's like mm. you read so much election coverage going up to the election and then like all that, you know, studying you did doesn't matter the day after it's the election most night. of the time yeah uh it's the same thing with the draft you can study up all the players in the draft and then your team picks one of them and then it's like wow why did i read about the other 29 yeah uh so you know this episode we'll invest a lot of time talking about the draft and next week we'll let you know how it went 
Yeah, and it's going to just keep coming fast and furious from there. I mean, we, we uh, if you if you go ahead one more week, you know, you have the draft on Wednesday the 18th. Free agency starts two days later yeah. on the 20th. Uh, so uh, no rest for the weary. And then and then training camp starts, you know, 10 days after that. And then, uh, you know, you have about three weeks and, and you're off into, you know, playing, playing real basketball in preseason and stuff. So yeah, basically from here on out, it's it's going to be running, running fast. How are they going to fit summer league in? <sighs> if only there was summer league, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about that when we talk draft here. But, yeah, I hope uh, – Hope I'm, we're glad you're, you're with us, back with us, or with us for the first time. We are Wolves Cast, and uh, we do the show every week, and, and it's uh, we try to have as much fun as possible. And uh, hope you enjoy. Shout out to Canis Hoopus. Oh yeah, uh, we're on there. Ooh. Not the only podcast anymore. We oh. got Paint Points from it's, Jake Painting, who was on our show before the break. He was on the last show. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the previous episode to this one featured an Australian man uh, helping us out, trying just get some ideas of some of these draft guys. And of course, uh, Dane Moore. Mm. who has our beloved Britt Robson on pretty regularly. Legendary and, duo. Uh, you know, just both terrific podcasts that I've been listening to. Most of what I know for, about the draft has been them diligently covering it over the last few months, going deep on some prospects. And, you know, there's another new podcast out there, too, A Wolves Without a, a Wolf Among Wolves. Oh. Also has a good podcast that came out in the last few months. So there's we love it. A lot of great stuff to it's listen always to. Been a very, it's always been a very um, busy uh, podcast market, you know, here in Minnesota as yeah. far as the team goes. But, you know, there's also there's just new shows popping up left and right all the time. So check them out, especially the ones on Canis Hoopus. So, yeah, let's uh, let's jump right into it, Scott. Uh, hit, hit us up with that full court press. Here's the tip. All right, before we get into the draft, let's do a summer recap. What I did on my summer vacation by That's right. the Timberwolves. That's right. What have we missed uh, here in the last... Uh, in the last like five months, basically leading up to the draft, where, where, where should we start off, Scott? Well, let's start at the beginning, which is uh, the resumption of play. Uh-huh. Uh, the Timberwolves were not invited to Orlando. No, no, no. There was no hotel for them to quarantine in. Yes. And, and I mean, real quick, shout out to the NBA bubble. No Ooh. positive quarantine or coronavirus cases over Kept a couple out. months. I thought that wasn't going to happen, especially because the hotels were like kind of semi-open to the public. Yeah, no, but, they were mingling with guests and other guests in there. But yeah, they did it right. They had all the tests on lockdown, and they did it. Yeah, so shout out to the NBA for getting that right. The bubble, like we said, very entertaining. Uh, you know, I'm not sure there was too much stuff relevant to us. I was saying that every team in our division besides us <laughs> made the playoffs uh, again. So yes, the and, Northwest Division is was uh, was very well represented in yeah. the NBA bubble, but of course, uh, no Wolves. Yep, and uh, you know, rival De- Denver Nuggets looked oh. strong going all the way into the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, Jokic and Murray just just lighting killing it the up. Clips. Just just yeah, they, they beat the Clippers and uh, advanced to the to the West Finals to to lose to the Lakers. But yeah, that's, and that's then cool. Another, uh, I know Timberwolves fans where your head's at. Right, Devin Booker and Ooh. his sons went eight and zero in the bubble, still didn't oh. make the playoffs. Which is silly. You go undefeated and you don't make the playoffs. But uh, so it just means that it seems like maybe it's a little less likely we could trade for him because they were looking hot. Yeah, not not as much turmoil as you'd like to see uh, in Phoenix if you're somebody who thinks that Booker is walking through that door. You know, you'd want to see them kind of implode. And now it seems like they're going to trade for Chris Paul. Ricky Rubio probably going to be on his third Northwest Division team, mm. right? Going to OKC maybe in the, in that deal if it does happen. So, uh, you know, Phoenix is is looking to make the playoffs, not bottom out. So it might be a while, Wolves fans for uh, for Booker, but 
patience. Forget LaMelo Ball. Let's just get Ricky Rubio in here. <laughs> yeah, more Ricky. Bring him back. Yeah, I mean, that's the comp. That's one of the comps for, for LaMelo is like, it's kind of like Ricky-esque out here. It's like if Ricky Rubio can't play defense, you have LaMelo Ball. Oh, there he is. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, yeah, no no bubble for the Wolves. We had to sit back and watch. Uh, there's eight teams that were not invited to the bubble, and the Wolves are one of them. Too bad. You're too bad of a team. You have to stay home. And uh, you know, instead they had a they had a, they had a summer camp, right? Yep. You know, so instead they you know the team, optional optional you know yeah optional thing, and um, you know I think that was available for all teams that didn't make the bubble. Is like all right, you can get your guys together in market, test everybody, have limited workouts, do some scrimmages. And, you know, the wolves even I know they they went on the Target Center floor and like put on real jerseys and did some scrimmages for some photo ops and stuff like that. So that that was kind of interesting, but I'm yeah. not sure how much there really is to gain or glean from that. Really, I mean, obviously it's good for the players to get it back out there and do it, but on the outside looking in, it's kind of like it really just is to help these guys stay in shape and and um, meet back up with the coaches and just kind of maybe meet some other teammates and get some chemistry going to kind of level the playing field for the teams that didn't get to go to Walt Disney World to play more basketball yeah you really hope that uh you know when we kick off the season 10 months after our last game played we'll, all of our team will be very well rested and healthy you know because they're, they've had a lot of time to recuperate and you know not do much so i think that's probably a positive thing for us um some interesting things about summer camp uh uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez did not attend. He was off filming a movie with Adam Sandler. <laughs> oh, that that is that is very notable. I mean, the specifics too, right? It's like especially just coming off of uh, Uncut Gems, where KG was in there with Adam Sandler. Now we now we have uh, now we have Juancho. Hopefully, a continuing wolf. He hasn't re-signed yet. We'll know in you know a week or so whether Juancho will continue to be a Minnesota Timberwolf. But yeah, where, they were overseas. Where where was it? I think it might have been Philadelphia. Oh, okay, okay. So it was local. Okay, or it was. Some Stateside, okay. Yeah, and uh, Cat did not participate in the yep. summer camp because he was, you know, still grieving over the loss of his mother, and that's a really tough thing, and that's a life-changing yeah. thing for him. So we wish him the best. It seems like he's been talking about it a little bit more openly lately, and, you know, obviously our heart goes out to him. Also and, still kind of, you know, maybe still recovering from the wrist injury. You know, he, like, broke his wrist or whatever. Like, he had the, he had the you know, injury-plagued season last year, so... You know, obviously, you know, the emotional and stuff we do know about, but then even even deeper than that, you know, I think there could or even just in general, if like maybe you don't want your franchise player like playing in, you know, non consequential, you know, sort of scrimmages in the middle of the summer for no fans. Like maybe just wrap them up in bubble wrap and, uh, you know, say come back, see you in October, or see you in November or whatever. Also, for fans of the Real Wives of Wolves cast, Cat uh, started dating Jordan Woods. Woods. And I didn't think much of that, but you, when you I found out, when though. I said it to Meg, she was was shocked and she was like how could you not have told me because jordan woods was apparently like a sister to the kardashians oh, really in there yeah. and then they had a massive falling out so cat has Involving entered tristan thompson right tristan thompson is is in the mix on yeah all this. i think that she cheated or she didn't cheat tristan thompson cheated yeah, he's in there on somewhere. chloe with he's her in there, yeah. but either way it's uh it, she's more famous than Kat is kind of the thing. And now Kat has entered the, you know, the halo of players who surround the Kardashian oh, universe. The yeah. Chris Car- Humphreys. 
Kardashian cinematic universe. Yeah. Yes, yes. So uh, that's kind of notable for you know what Cat was up to. And shout out to J.O. Josh Akogi, really the face of the team this summer. I feel like he was in yeah. Minneapolis, and you know he was there during the George Floyd uh, stuff that was going on this summer. He was really uh, vocal and out there in the community. And then all the community stuff that the team has been doing throughout the summer. J.O. was there. He was our team representative at almost everything. Yeah, he was uh, making his presence known. Right, he might have just like stayed in town too. You know, yeah, he might have just like, a place. been here and stuff. So it's, that's the thing about uh, the funny thing about Minneapolis. Beautiful in the summers, everybody. Right, it's yeah. the time when all the NBA players leave, and then it's the, the best months of the year here. Yeah, they get to find out how just how nice it is. Uh, but yeah, that that was uh, that was summer camp. Who, who knows? Uh, you know, hopefully that hopefully it will uh, be a good thing for the real wolves this year. You know, they got together and got some time to play and tighten some things up and get a little practice under their belts. But um, D'Angelo very involved. Looks like he's ooh. ready to be the face of the franchise and just the kind of sense that he's really you know he's calling he's calling Ryan every day. I'd love to see. Yeah, apparently those two talked about the basketball that was happening and stuff like that. So, yeah, good good things. Good little – I mean, if you don't have any games to play, I guess this is the next best thing. Yep. <laughs> Get a little bit of that. Um, something else to talk about is the Minnesota Timberwolves are for sale, Scott. The franchise – Again. And, and, and the links. Don't forget the links. Uh, both franchise. Both, you know, the whole franchise, both teams – Glenn Taylor, he's got him back up on the market. Yes, as you said, again, Perpetu- yes, again, perpetually on the market. Yeah, he's back and forth on this, but um, you know, all signs point to it being for real this time. We'll see. Nah. But um, you know, Glenn, he's made uh, you know, uh, you know, it's very uh, commendable, but he's made it known that he wants to you know see the whoever the next buyer is keep this team in town. Hopefully, something like that is uh, somehow put into writing uh, with a huge penalty attached to it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just uh, like you have to keep the team here. Like, yeah, and, and no I mean, matter what, it's you one have of those to things where, here. like, to break the lease with the Target Center, it costs like fifty million dollars, but the team is valued at one point five billion. So it's just chump change for an ownership group yeah. that wants to move the team. Uh, yeah, that's scary to think about. That that small number for the for the supposed you know penalty for moving the team with the city of Minneapolis. But I'm not losing too much sleep. I mean, Glenn has, like I said, the team's perpetually been for sale. Uh, Glenn is always kind of listening into suitors and I think what happens is he checks out the market every few years and yeah. he's like wow this team is worth a lot more than it was a few years ago maybe I should hold on to it for a little bit yeah. longer I mean eventually he'll have to you know sell it you know he'll age out of it at some point but man it's one of those things where it's like they say oh and his heirs have no interest in the team how could you not have interest in the team yeah it's a team <laughs> one of 30 you know it doesn't no matter what team it is it's a team <sighs> Yeah, go. I would run it for you, Glenn. Let me be an heir. Yeah, so you know, I don't know. It seems like it's maybe close to happening. We'll see about that. Apparently, the the new price tag is going to be about one point five billion. Um, the Utah Jazz were Although, recently sold for kind of a similar number, but that also involves their arena, which kind of complicates things. So some of the reports uh, were that Glenn would sell it below that. If you had, he had some insurance that the team would stay here. Uh-huh. So we'll so see. Come, come with some we'll have more news when there's actually news. But like I said, color me skeptical. Um, and then in, in August, we had the lottery. As we mentioned, the Wolves have the number one pick. If you're listening to this, you probably know that. But that was that that was the biggest event of the summer for the Timberwolves. It was definitely the moment for most celebration for Timberwolves fans. Yes. Maybe the most celebration for a few years for Timberwolves fans because... So fun. It, we've never moved up. We've never, ever, ever, ever moved up in the lottery. And we did for the first time ever. And what yeah. a way to move up. I mean, the cynical part of me was making jokes. Yeah, and the... 
terrible draft Bad where there's drafts. no number one yeah. uh, clear number one pick. Of course, we're going to move up and get the number one pick, but it's still a feather in our franchise's cap. Still we, a big deal. We, we finally broke the the bad luck of the never moving up streak. Yes, and you still get to control the draft. It's great. So yeah, uh, you'd rather have the number one pick than the number seven pick or yeah. whatever, you know. And yeah. so you know. Maybe it's just a sign that the basketball gods are, you know, favoring our franchise. You know, fortune is favoring the franchise. <laughs> finally, finally moved up. Um, okay, and then um, we have some uh, Malik Beasley um, sour notes, I guess. Here for for him, he didn't have the greatest summer. He, uh, I don't know if he he was he was rested. I'm not sure if he was actually charged yet, but um, uh, yeah, Malik Beasley, uh, you know, in, in trouble with the law. Here, <laughs> as we record this, and uh, you know, with some uh, with some some weapons, with some some drug charges at his house, stuff like that. So, insert uh, your joke about Malik Beasley, M- NBA shooter. Yeah, yeah, or just more problems with an M Beasley. Yeah, know. drug problems with an M, M Beasley. M Beasley uh, here having trouble. So you know, uh, restricted free agent here um, uh, this off season. I keep wanting to say like this summer. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a this, summer this, thing. This uh, two to three week period of free agency, restricted yes. free agent. Yeah. So here in about two weeks, we'll know what's up with uh, Malik Beasley. But, but we, it, it's it's in the air what it's going to happen legally with him. You know, you think that rich people have a better shot of you know beating the justice system because that's how that's how it works in this country. But he's facing felony charges. There's right. There's an outside chance he has to go to prison instead of playing the NBA next season. Wild. Yeah. And he was already facing an uphill battle as far as you know. Restricted free agency is already tough. For players, and then it's a bad year for you know. Not many teams have cap space. You cap, know? The cap shrunk. Uh, yeah, and, and so yeah, the cap shrunk. So you got all these things going against him. He's already going to be pinched. But then you had this on top, some like personal issues and some law issues here. So it should be very interesting to see. Sort Can of you how write that affects it in the market. contract that contract is void if you go to prison? Probably. <laughs> yeah. You, you do have to play the games or, you know, be available to the team, I imagine. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just once again, nothing can be simple with the Timberwolves. That's right. It's got to be complicated. So, yeah, that was a bunch of bunch of summer things that happened here. Um, yeah, I think I think we covered most of it, right? Yeah. That's most of the stuff. Before we forgot something, let us know on Twitter at Wolfscast or in the comments of this Canis Supis post. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's jump into the draft, Scott. He's heating up. Yes, the NBA draft, like we said, one week away, less than a week as you are hearing this. Um, it's right around the corner, so let's get you caught up on, on some rumors, some rumblings, some things we've been hearing, what we know right now, what's the lay of the land, I guess, for you know maybe some people who haven't been paying too much attention and, hey, but the Wolves have the number one pick. What's going to happen? Well, we're going we're gonna to break it down for you here a little bit. I love this. In, you know, With the abbreviated free agency and draft time, all this is happening in the next month. And the rumor mill is going to be crazy. Like, I'm sure by the time you're listening to this, there's already a new rumor about Minnesota. And because uh, Minnesota, one, is always interested in trading under this regime. Shout out to Gupta and Rosas. Oh, yeah. So happy Gupta didn't get poached by the Canes uh, this offseason. Or the Rockets? Yeah, Yeah. he was up for some stuff. Uh, Multiple jobs. Yeah, and I'm glad he got to stick around. Yeah. uh, because those guys are wheeling and dealing. And, you know, I they also flood the market with info that might not be true, you know. So you never really know what they're going to do. Obviously, there's lots of rumors about what they want to do. But, you know, it's one of those things that it could all just be false, you know, and false narratives until we actually see something happen. But yeah, it makes it harder to predict what's going to happen with the draft just because we have so many assets that you could trade in terms of, you know, we have the first pick, which is always a big asset. 
I mean, this year seems like some would say it's the biggest asset. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, everyone's looking to trade down or out, it seems like so. (laughs) But we also have a 17th pick easy to pack in there and a very, very desirable second round pick. Remember, you can pay the players a lot less when you're drafting in the second round. A high second is very good. And we have the 33rd. So we'll be drafting third in the second round. Love so, it, love it. Uh, yeah, so a lot of desirable things. You know, we have some players we could trade to. So I would not be shocked to see some uh, a trade before next Wednesday or a trade on draft night. Yeah, those are those are all very uh, real possibilities. Things will be heating up as we get closer to the draft. But yeah, I mean, the consensus is that, you know, a lot of teams are, you know, th- this draft, it, you know, it gets labeled as a bad draft. But really what that means is there's no clear number one or like a couple of guys who are seen as, you know, locks to be all stars or something like that. But you do have a, a top three that I think is kind of settled in, uh, you know, uh, LaMelo Ball, um, James Wiseman and uh, Anthony Edwards. Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Uh, three of those guys are going in the top three. That just just some sort of order. And then you have the weird mix of both uh, the number one and the number two slots are kind of seen as wanting to move out. That's the other kind of wrinkle in this is that, you know, the Wolves, um, you know, with, with, with Towns and Russell kind of already in place. Uh, you know, there's not really like a wing in here uh, that really fits with them. Uh, and then with the Warriors, that's a even crazier situation where you have a title contender uh, with the second overall pick. So they're potentially looking to move out as well. So you get a, with that. Yeah, you get a lot of uncertainty. Um, and 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 yeah, those are those are two teams that are potentially looking to move down. And then who knows who wants to come up and actually move up for those picks. It's sort of hard to say. Apparently Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. Charlotte gets talked about a lot as, as wanting to move up. Maybe the Bulls um, down there at four, I think they have. Maybe the Knicks, who knows. But it's hard to sort of see how that's going to go. And that's part of you know what we're going to talk about here is all the, the mis- is it misdirection? Is it smokescreen? Is it just sort of people don't really know? And, and the other thing that I think is interesting about this draft is that their seasons were shortened, right? You have the NCAA tournament did not happen. Um, LaMelo Ball played 13 games overseas. Yeah, James but, Wiseman played three college basketball yeah, games. Yeah, and then you have guys like Killian Hayes who played overseas and, and Avdia and stuff who played overseas. So you have a lot of guys that you don't have a lot of like high-level film on. Right. Um, and so it's... A lot it, of... Ge- there's even more guessing than normal. Yeah, and then the, the whole fact that, they, yeah, you have this big break in the summer, this whole six-month break of like, what? okay, you have... T- even if you do have tape on these guys, they're playing in like February and March, what happened to them in between then and now, right? Yeah. What did they do with their bodies? Did they work on things or did they just kind of chill because there's a pandemic? Like, not even to hate on them for that. Like, it would sort of make sense for you to be like, oh, yeah, there's other more important things, I guess, right now. Like, the gyms are closed. We can't go to the gym. You know? <laughs> right. Where are we going to even work out if we wanted to? So, all those things add up to a very murky sort of situation, which in some ways, I guess, is bad for the Wolves because they own the number one pick. But on the other hand, it's like it kind of makes it fun to watch this and to kind of like have it all play out and sort of it kind of sucks when it's like, oh, yeah, here's the order. We already know it going into the draft. We right. know the three already. Anthony Davis is going to be picked number one or whatever it is. It's really kind of fun to have a, from an outsider's perspective anyway to kind of have a sort of, you know, kind of a wild card draft like this. Maybe we should do something live on draft night because it's going to be a wild draft. Because, like we said, there's no consensus at the top. And that's why it's hard for teams like, do I want to move up? My guy may fall to me. So maybe I don't want to move up. And so, like, maybe Charlotte doesn't want to make a trade. Apparently, Charlotte wants James Wiseman really badly. He might fall to three. But 
maybe Golden State takes them, and then Charlotte has to do a draft night trade like that. And I think there's like a lot of people, you know, have guys who are like in the top seven, top eight, who they could realistically be number one on that team's draft board. And so I think the night of it will be even crazier than normal because uh, just nobody knows. You can't really make your move until you know if guys available or not. So I think we'll see a lot of action on draft night, which will make the draft even more exciting than normal. Yeah, so those are kind of the general draft things we know. And then let's talk about some specific rumors that we've heard, some specifics. And we don't have a lot of these, but one the other day from Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer was the aforementioned Charlotte Hornets uh, want to move up to number one to get Wiseman because, again, the Warriors are saying, hey, we'll pick Wiseman. The Wolves are saying, hey, we'll pick Wiseman. you got to go through us, right, especially at the Wolves. That's great. That's, again, holding the keys to the draft. If you really want a guy, especially at the top, you better you better come at number one. So are we going to call their bluff? Ooh, who knows? Yeah. So you know, potential call our bluff. I potential mean. rumors saying that Charlotte could move up and maybe swap picks with the Wolves. You know, kind of similar to what we saw Boston and Philly do a few years ago with Jason Tatum and uh, and Markel Fultz with yep. that one to three swap. I don't know if there was there addition. There was an additional pick I think that went back to Boston there to move down to three. Um, so you know, w- you know, maybe it would be something. I-, I would love it if it was Miles Bridges or maybe PJ. Washington that uh, the Hornets throw into that deal in order to move up to one and then the Wolves can get whoever's left at three whether it's Edwards or or Ball uh, that that sounds amazing to me yeah and as we've seen uh, coming up in the episode we'll be talking about drafts of Timberwolves past there have been times where the Timberwolves traded uh, a first round pa- draft pick just to move up one spot in the draft. <laughs> and so, you know, yes. it, it's it's crazy what teams will do when they're desperate and want to get their guy. Yeah, another potential um, pick, uh, or sorry, this was the one that was from uh, Kevin O'Connor at the Ringer uh, just the other day, was that uh, the Wolves might be looking to get a second pick in the top 10, um, potentially to take uh, Iowa State's Tyrese Halliburton. And uh, potentially that deal would be Jared Culver and the 17th pick to move up and uh, trade with Atlanta for the sixth pick overall. And you so. got to think, if that's the situation, one of the two top 10 picks we'd have would get moved. You'd either move the sixth pick then for something else, or it seems more likely like maybe we don't want one of these top three guys. And so you don't want to draft like Tyrese Halliburton at the number one spot because then he's locked into that number one salary, which yeah, is too much, high for him. Yeah, yeah, so if you get the six and you're fairly confident you're going to get one of your guys at six, then that frees you up to trade the first even more so. You know? Wow. Yeah, yeah, multiple deals could be done here. And then, um, you know, Houston. We got the Houston madness that broke the other day of, uh, well, first of all, it broke when their team broke uh, uh, in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't, uh, you know, they couldn't, uh, who did they lose to? They, um, you know. They beat OKC and then they yeah. lost, I guess they lost to the Lakers. Lakers yeah. Yeah. They got crushed by the Lakers because, you know, the the Westbrook uh, Harden thing just didn't really work out. Well, so. yeah, going super small and then running into LeBron, Dwight, Anthony Davis yeah. was uh, too big for them to handle. Uh, but then you have Dan Tony, he's out. Then you have Daryl Morey, he's out. Dan Tony just said, I'm out. Yeah. He, he didn't get fired. He was like, I don't want to come back. I to want this. to be an assistant yeah. on someone's bench, please. Uh, so uh, I think he went, to, went uh, to Brooklyn to be with Steve Nash again. But uh, so, so that's interesting because now Russell Westbrook apparently wants out and you, Harden will be following. I don't, I don't know how you can see this any other way. Like and Harden is going to ask out in the next six months. The new owner is not gun ho about spending a lot of money oh, on the no. team. So he doesn't want to be over the luxury tax. He, and so they're going to look to cut salary. And so I just want to make my plea to Gerson Rosas, <laughs> devoted listener of Wolves Cast. Of course. Bring Rocco home. Come oh, on. Let's get him back here. Why not? You may, 
I mean, when the deal happened last year where the Wolves moved on from Rocco in order to get Beasley and watch uh, Hernan Gomez and the 17th pick, uh, that was that was part of that deal. I believe that was that Nets pick that they got uh, that yeah. we'll be picking. The, like a few nights later, Rocco was like sitting with with uh, with Rosas like on you know near the media that you see to get stuff. So, you know, yeah. whatever. That's, that's so good. There's love there. And, love. you know. Like I said, we got picks. You want the 17th pick for Rocco? Come on, send him our way. Yeah, yeah. Bring yeah. Rocco home. Bring him back. We need to get some uh, the perfect combination of shooting and defense around Towns. I mean, you know, it didn't work out too. I mean, he didn't really get to play with Towns that much. He really, it was like kind of, you know, last season was a lost year for Towns. So, yeah. I don't know. Rocco still has value in this league and will for a long time. Bring him home. Um, but, yeah, I think that's that's about it for the, for the rumors and rumblings, right? We're just still kind of waiting to see. Even though we're a week away, I think, the few, like you said, the few days ahead of time is when things will really get heating up. Oh, yeah. I, I can't wait. The high highs of hearing a rumor, the low lows of hearing a different rumor that you don't want to happen. But it also just plays to the Wolves' advantage to keep things quiet, right? Especially for, like, Charlotte. Like, if you don't let Charlotte know who you want at number one, then they have to come at you with a deal, or whoever that team is. They have to come at you with a deal because it's not out there of who, of who you're looking to take. So I think it serves the Wolves to keep it low, you know, keep it close to the vest. Yeah, and it's one know. of those things, too, where it's like, You've heard LaMelo linked to the Wolves, obviously. He's kind of the consensus number one pick. You've heard Anthony Edwards linked to the Wolves. There's rumors that the Wolves want him, which makes me think maybe they actually want Wiseman because it's the one guy they're not talking about. It's the one person you're not hearing rumors for. So it's just one of those things. Who knows? It's going to make this next week very exciting for Wolves fans. All right, let's get into some, uh, some predictions and think about what we want to have happen. He's on fire! All right, pick predictions. What do we think will happen and what do we want to have happen? Scott, do you want to start with the 17 and 33 guys, or do you want to talk Let's about... start with number uh, one, you know? Start with number one. It's the focus. Start at the beginning. I mean, I, 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 think, I, I think overall, as we've kind of said, I think most Wolves fans, and I don't know if I don't want to speak for you, but I think the idea of moving down a few slots, getting an asset, whether that's Miles Bridges or a guy who's like newish in the league, a or young a, guy. A pick for next year's draft. A twenty twenty one pick to me would be very high on my list for the Wolves. I know it's like, all right, no, let's compete now. Let's get more veteran guys. Let's try and get a star. But the Wolves moved their twenty twenty one pick to the Warriors in the D'Angelo Russell deal. It's probably one of the biggest assets in the entire league right now to have the Wolves' top three protected 2021 pick. They got to get a pick back for the 2021 draft. It's supposed to be an incredible draft, even you know, even into the 20s, I guess. Yeah, but who knows? I, I'm just thinking, you know, yeah, the ru- rumor was it was going to be a great draft. Yeah. And so that's why it hurt for the Wolves to trade away that pick because it would probably be a pretty good pick. What I was joking is let's trade the number one pick for the Knicks for their eight number eight pick and their first round for next Ooh. year. Because they'll be yeah. terrible next, oh, yeah. next year. Yeah. But I do wonder if just like nobody knows what this college basketball season is going to be like. Yeah. True. Nobody knows if there will even happen. Yeah. Will it happen? Will it get a full season? So yeah. I, I think that the quality of next year's draft is harder to predict than it was. Yeah, it could be like this year ago. where it's like the tape is really weak and it's like yeah, there's a bunch of guys, but they didn't. We don't know who, who's supposed to go where. Um, so yeah, I could see that. So I think overall, I think most fans want to see that you want you want to move down a few slots or all the way out and get assets for the future or someone i guess who can you know younger guy who can fit with the timeline unless you're in love with anthony edwards james wiseman or lamello ball it just makes sense to trade down you know yeah and i don't i haven't heard a lot of people who are absolutely in love with these three guys you know i think you know 
you know, for me, it's it's ball. You know, if I, you know, I've I've really only looked at film on the on the top ten guys, but I just think he has the highest upside to being a star. I mean, for the Wolves, it's so exciting to pick number one because when you get a high draft pick, especially when you're a small market franchise, that's how you get better. That's the best. You're not getting free agents. It's hard to get trades done sometimes. The draft is the best way to turn your franchise around, and you need to you need to pick the guys who uh, who have the highest upside to be to be an all star. And in this draft, I, I think that's Lamella Ball. Um, do you agree with that? What, what do you think about that? I've come around on Lamella Ball. Mm-hmm. I also agree. You got to take a home run swing because yeah. we were reviewing tales of Timberwolves past, preparing <laughs> well, well, for tonight's to episode. Yeah, stay and tuned. Stay tuned, y'all. Drafting for fit has never worked out for the Timberwolves. We have left some Hall of Famers uh, on the draft board, you know, because we already had a player playing that position or something. So I am done with that. Draft the guy who you think is going to be the best player. And I think that there's a greater chance that LaMelo is terrible than some of the guys after him. Like I think some other guys have higher floors Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, where you know they're going to at least be a good rotation player. Like LaMelo looks terrible sometimes like he only played <laughs> yeah. 13 games last year yeah. his shooting is horrendous yeah he's so and, young and yeah. he looks like he doesn't want to play defense and, and who knows you know it's just so hard to know anything about him so it looks like you know there's a chance this guy could be a bust a literal bust like out of the league after his rookie contract but there's also he has the highest ceiling in terms of what he could become and you know it's weird because you know it's funny i was thinking on the way over here anthony edwards yeah we're recording in person neil's in my quarantine bubble it's one of the few people i interact right, with no zoom uh but i was thinking you know anthony edwards the comparison is to wiggins you so know? scary so but, scary as a Wolves fan to have this guy consistently compared to sleepy wiggins so what do you want uh wiggins 2.0 or do you want ricky 2.0 because Ooh. the best comparison for Lamelo, a guy who can't shoot but makes magic passes yeah just or crazy kid maybe yeah you know? crazy playmaking great yeah. court vision you know yeah. talk about a guy who will not have problems getting into carl anthony towns in the post those but entry he's also passes six, are gonna be seven great. and has a great handle I yeah mean, he's six seven he's not ricky's six four i mean yeah. Lamelo's huge i don't think people realize that he's that tall yeah I mean, Ricky's a great defender. I don't want it yeah. that to get lost. Yeah, yeah, Lamelo yeah. is, is not. Lamelo's yeah. the project. Yes, but you know, I think he could be a good defender, though. He, it's, unlike Edwards, it's not about does he want to. It's really just sort of you know, I don't know. I Learning think the ropes. Yeah, and just needing to build up his body more too. Um, but I think if you see the Wolves pick at number one uh, right now, it's like okay, the, the, what's the trade? What's the trade? And that's other thing. If you see them pick. That doesn't necessarily mean this is the next guy on the Wolves. I think Mello, too, also provides you with the most value down the road, whether it be at this trade deadline or next summer when Bradley Beal becomes available, when whoever it is that we don't even know right now becomes available. Maybe it's a, a tear down from a Bradley Beal, but whatever the next big move you know, a lot of people want it to be Booker. Big game hunting. Whoever you want it to be, just pick the guy who's going to have the most value for that next team. And I especially don't think that's Wiseman, um, just because it's hard for centers, I think, in the league. Whereas with Edwards and Ball, I think even in their first few months of the league, they're going to retain value. And they're going to, they're, they're so young and stuff, too, that it's going to be like, oh, this guy could become something. So even if the Wolves don't make a trade and they just straight up pick at number one, which, you know, who knows what's going to happen, that's the other thing you got to keep in mind is think of it as, as an asset. Uh, for another deal down the road. Yeah, and I think Wiseman is an interesting case because, you know, it's one of those things. Which direction do we want to go with Carl Anthony Towns? Do we want him to, you know, kind of like what the Lakers in the finals have Carl be a kind of a smaller but small ball lineup with him at the five? Yeah. Or do we want to get a center next to him who can play defense in a way Cat can't? Go big. Go big. 
but the thing is, is that with Wiseman, I just look at the NBA marketplace and I say, there are a lot of good centers who are going to be available for very cheap. Yeah. Can, you know, maybe Wiseman will be better than them eventually, but I think you can get, you know, a player who's 80%, 90% of what Wiseman can do and half the money. Because, right. you know, first round draft picks, I mean, number one draft picks, they make money. Yeah, and then you also don't have that, yeah, that uh, expectation of oh, is he going to make it? Is he gonna, how good is he going to be? Is he a bust? Right, whatever. So, so I think that's another reason why I'm not as high on Wiseman as some other people. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about seventeen and thirty-three. You got some names but here, Scott. For the record, for what we think will happen yes. and what we want to happen is trade down for an asset. Trade down, yes. But what we think but will happen if, if in the world where we keep the pick and we keep the player. Lamelo's my pick, and I could see the deals not being quite the level that the front office wants them to be at, and be like, "Fine, we're just going to take the guy." This is still a good asset to have in our quiver, yeah, you know, a good arrow to have in our quiver going forward in terms yeah. of what we can do. Unless that Charlotte thing comes through, as as of right now, that's the only sort of smoke we see from one team that really wants to come up. You ever, you're not really hearing about teams wanting to come up and get Mello or get uh, to get Edwards, really. Right, you're just hearing about Wiseman, so that's interesting. But you know, they could it all, could all be smoke screens right now. Ooh, we know? never know behind smoke. the scenes some. Teams may really be champing at the bit to get Mello or Edwards, you know. Who wants a smoke? But yeah, I think I could see Lil Mello being a good Timberwolf, you know. Yes. Okay. So we have some some guys here at seventeen and thirty three. This is where the Wolves can kind of fill out their roster a little bit more. Maybe pick for some more of a need at these at these spots. Maybe less yeah. so at seventeen. Yeah. It's, it's better. To, it's okay to pick for fit, you know, outside yeah. of the lottery. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting just because some of these guys are on some big boards, some mock drafts. They're they're going in the top 10 and some they're going after 20 so it's really hard to predict you know who's going to be available at the slot the only guy i know on your list here is maxi tyrese maxi from uh, kentucky here you have potentially at 17 um freshman guard there um defense and hustle are your two things you have here you know that is someone that i've also seen is maybe rising a little bit so i think the wolves would be lucky to get him at 17 i feel like that's again that's the only guy i really know from this group but i feel like that's the one that i do have my eye on um as potentially if they there's someone that hopefully falls to them but what about the rest of you, you know, a couple of, throw, throw a couple of these other guys out here to look at okay so the other guys i got on my list sadiq bay um a lot of mock drafts he's going before the 17th pick but once again like i said we have no idea what's going to happen he's seems he's a sophomore wing from villanova he seems like uh the three and d kind of guy i really my favorite player in this draft is vessel you know oh yeah and he's gonna go in the top 10 vassal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. seems like he's gonna go in the top 10 he's the prototypical he is the you know the three and d guy in this draft and so sadiq bay also kind of has that you know that three and d kind of blood in him you know it's one of those things where most of the times you have to choose between the two do you want d do you want three and with okogi and culver we saw we we we've went on the d side for those you, you know get that in one package you have you know a, a, one of the most valuable players in the league you know that's what we're talking about with uh with covington and that's what brings us to our next couple of guys not so much for the d but for the three Ooh, hit those three aaron nesmith another guy i've seen projected anywhere from top 10 to you know outside the top 20 uh, he's a sophomore wing from Vanderbilt, and I think he's probably the best shooter in the draft. Ooh. And, you know, this Timberwolves team has always been starved of shooting. It would be nice to have a, uh, just a knockdown shooter. I've also heard good things about Tyrell Terry, who I think will be on the board at that point. He's a freshman guard from Stanford, but just a really good shooter. And if it were flip we would be drafting him because he went to high school at De La Salle here in Minneapolis. Oh, local. He's uh, got that local connection. So, oh. you know, if Flip was running things, he, okay. he, would, he would bring him in. At I that recognize pick. that name. Yeah. Nice. 
Well, that and, you know, it'll be just fascinating to see who's on the board at that point. But there's a lot of different ways we can go. I think there's a lot of great talent that will be available at the 17th pick. So uh, I kind of hope we keep it because I'm excited to see what we would do with it. Yeah, unless they, again, unless they want to move into the top 10 or something or they just get a really good offer. I mean, another thing you hear about this draft is that, yeah, the top, it's not that great. But there is a lot of, like, depth kind of in the middle of the first round. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as, like, kind of a big wide tier right there. Get so some rotation guys. I don't you know? think it's like a bunk draft all the way down it just doesn't necessarily have surefire all-star there's, talent yeah there's no guaranteed all-star yeah. at the top of the draft yeah and then once again it's a kind of a deep draft so i like our options at 33 33 there could be a bunch of guys who are projected in the first round who can fall to it Ooh. into the second round and that's one of those things i mean i remember with the okogi draft we were thinking are we going to take okogi at 20 or are we going to take kata bates d up at 20, and we got Keita Bates D up in the 40s. Got them both, yeah. And I think there could be a situation like that where a guy that a lot of Timberwolves fans might want at 17 could fall to 33. Let's go. And it's a good position to be in. It's the third best second round draft pick this year. Um, so some guys I'm looking at, we've got Paul Reed, who's a junior big from DePaul. He's really known for his defense and his shot blocking. You know, I like I like defense, even though, you know, especially defensive bigs. Because we're we're lacking at some big guys we need who play defense D. right we need now. Need some D. We we have uh, you know kind of figured out the shooting, especially if uh, Beasley and Wancho Hernandez Hernan Gomez come back. So now we need some defense. Defense, yeah. And uh, another really good defensive wing is Tyler Bay. He's a junior uh, from Colorado. I got my eyes on him. And then shout out to Flip Saunders, <laughs> two Minnesota boys. Number uh, one. I think I took the drop off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Trey Jones is Trey my jo- man. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler loved Trey Jones as a uh, high school Apple Valley <laughs> high school player. We all know Tyus Jones. We know the Jones family. They got that basketball DNA in their oh, blood. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. got that basketball IQ. He's bigger than Tyus, and I think he's a good defender. You know, I I would be very happy if we brought Trey Jones in at thirty three, even though it's kind of a homer pick. And then also, uh, you know, Big Ten, uh, Minnesota, Golden Gopher, Daniel oh, Oturo, Oturo, sophomore big from Minnesota. He was their best player last year. Ooh. He's got the really good interior scoring, really strong rebounding numbers, and he can block some shots. So it's one of those guys who maybe isn't the most exciting player, but in the second round, you know, that would be a good addition to the Iowa Wolves. Good PR move, too. Yeah, good that's PR right. PR local. Get the Minnesota boys in here. Get the fans in the building. Oh, wait. No fans are going to be in the building. Uh, Maybe in Iowa they can. Yes. They're not taking this seriously at all. (laughs) Down in Des Moines. All right, that does it for Full Court Press. We are going to um, to stay tuned. We have power rankings coming up. We are going to rank uh, the top 10 most significant Timberwolves drafts. Um, But first, of course, we have a sponsor, Scott. Let's pay the bills. Um, uh, With the entire world facing the wrath of the COVID-19 pandemic, masks are suddenly commonplace everywhere, everywhere you look. It's been the best way to keep uh, you and those around you safe. The Minnesota Timberwolves are taking this opportunity to enter the market with a facial covering that is safer than any any N95 mask. Now presenting the mascot mask. The mascot mask, the mascot mask, is explicitly what it sounds like. A full-sized mascot head that you put on and wear to the grocery store, to work, or even just for fun while you lounge in your own home. Yeah, eventually you will be welcome back to Target Center to cheer on the Timberwolves. Um, but of course, a face mask will be necessary. Um, and the Crunch has been wearing a mask to Timberwolves games for the entire existence of the franchise. Why stop at just covering your face and nose? And ladies and gentlemen, cover your nose. I've seen it too much out there. People are having their mask around their mouth, but not their nose. You gotta do both. Ugh. 
but why stop at just covering your face and nose when you could put a 13-pound fuzzy box over your entire head? Coming soon, you'll be able to show your fandom and stay safe with many more NBA teams. Mascot masks of Hugo the Hornet, Benny the Bull, Rumble the Bison, and Clutch the Bear. Wow, that's exciting. So make sure you head over to Timberwolves.com today and purchase your very own mascot mask for the low, low price of $699. What a bargain. Thank you to Mascot Masks for their support of Wolvescast. And up next, it's time for Power Rankings. Yes, it is Power Rankings time. This is the segment where we rank things. Uh, really anything we want. Usually Timberwolves related. And, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to count it down today. We're going to try and fly through this year. Uh, Scott and I last night uh, painstakingly listed every Timberwolves draft. All 30 of them. From 1989. Until, uh, yeah, 2019. The good news is we only had to forfeit our first round draft pick three times over the <laughs> franchise history. Right, for illegal moves. Um, but we're going to talk about the top 10 significant Timberwolves drafts. Now, this, this is kind of hard to say, like, what's the best, you know? So we didn't want to go with best, but these are significant where there was like a, a franchise altering, franchise altering, like a big player came through or they missed on something very big, I guess. That can also be uh, uh, significant. So we'll start with 10 and go up to one, and then we'll have a few um, uh, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. There you go. All right. Well, I want to get started with number 10. I really fought for this one. I've talked about it on the pod before. I think I gave it a cute name like Defeat Day or some Disaster Day instead <laughs> yes. of Draft Day, our D-Day. It's the 2011 draft. The, your Minnesota Timberwolves have had their worst record in the NBA three times in their history. Uh, in 1992, we had the worst record and fell to the three spot, missing Ooh. out on drafting Shaq. Ooh. And in 2011, we had the worst record and we fell from number one to number two. We missed out on Kyrie Irving. And instead, we decided to go with Derek Williams from Arizona did not work out at all. I think we all remember that. But I think what's more interesting is what happened later on in the draft because we had a lot of picks and we ended up trading them pretty much all away for cash considerations. Uh, here are some players we traded away on that day for cash considerations. Nikola Mirotic, Norris Cole, Bojan Bogdanovic, and Chandler Parsons. Uh, some pretty good players. Oh, and did not Dantas Montanunas. I forgot to write him down. Yeah, so donuts. some uh, NBA players that, you know, if we had kept all those instead of trading them for cash, you can imagine that the Kevin Love era at the Timberwolves would have been stocked with, you know, good rotation players who would have, you know, supported him. And we probably would have made the playoffs with him and yeah, but Scott, changed the whole franchise. Scott, but Glenn Taylor is only a billionaire. I mean, he needs more cash. Yeah. Think about the value of cash here in this situation, to, you, to a billionaire instead of these great players. We were first in the league in cash considerations that year, that's for sure. And some of these drafts, you know, were like, oh, we didn't get a very good player, but look at the players who went after him. There's no one special, you know? We've, right. There's felt several drafts like that, but this draft... Five all-NBA guys were chosen after D-Will. Kemba went at 9, Clay went at Clay Thompson at 11, Kawhi Leonard 15, Jimmy Butler 30, Isaiah Thomas at 60. So that's some all-NBA team guys who went. And we ended up, with all those guys we drafted and traded away, we left that draft with Derek Williams and Malcolm Lee. And D-Will wasn't even that bad. He was the consensus number two guy. And he, most teams would have picked him. It wasn't even really about that. But it does speak to the idea of falling from one to two. And even falling one spot, how much that can hurt you. Yeah. 
All right, uh, next one here is, uh, you know, we're going to move up uh, to 1998, uh, where the Wolves picked Rosho Nesterovich, 17th, and Andre Patterson, 46th. And I, I kind of wanted to have this one uh, a little bit higher in here with Rosho. I just feel like he was such a steady uh, basketball player, uh, you know, a starter in the league. Um, and they got him at 17, right? And I feel like Rosho was a big part of um you know of of the Timberwolves for a long time you know played played 12 years in the league uh played for a long time and it was just kind of a tough draft i mean you got Dirk in this draft at 9 you got Paul Pierce at 10 uh Vince Carter's in there but other than that this was the Michael Oliva Candy number 1 draft really really bad draft but the Wolves uh Kevin McHale <laughs> pulled out Rosho out of you know i don't even know where he was from where is he from from uh from uh, Slovenia there it is, Rosho from Slovenia. So not a sexy pick, but uh, you know, a lot of people maybe forget how important Rosho was to the team uh, for a few years there. And uh, you know, I think they did uh, did pretty well to pluck him and, and to pair up alongside KG there for really the, the, a lot of the, the heyday right there, the early two thousands. Uh, you know, Rosho was so so steady too. He played 82, 82 games in 99, 73 in 2000, 82 in 2001. He, he was he was solid. Iron so Man. Wanted to, wanted to put Rosho in there even though it wasn't the maybe the sexiest uh, <laughs> draft you've ever heard. Rosho, Rush, 1998. All right, number eight. Brings us up to recent year. You may remember it, 2018. And it was, the, I believe, Tom Thibodeau's second draft with the Timberwolves. And we were feeling the effects of what I've coined as Flip's folly. <laughs> Flip did a lot of great stuff as GM when he came back to the Timberwolves. But the worst thing he did was trade a first-round pick to the Atlanta Hawks for Adrian Payne. Oof. And uh, something that caused us no, uh, no small amount of pain. Uh, but what we did end up getting, that, that pick was number 19. We ended up getting the 20th pick by trading Ricky Rubio to the Utah Jazz. And we used that 20th pick on fan favorite Josh Akogi. Ooh. Hot Akogi, everybody. <laughs> in the house. And uh, like I said earlier in, in the pod, I thought this was a good draft because at 20, we were looking at Okogi and Keita Bates-Diop. And we got Okogi at 20 and Keita Bates-Diop at 48. I'm still a big KBD fan, you know? Yeah, and, it's, and it's hard to, you know, again, it's sort of very recent, so it's hard to sort of know how this is all going to shake out. But, you know, it certainly seems like Okogi's at least a rotation guy, maybe even a starter um, on a good team. And to get him at 20, that, that's really good. And, you know, the Timberwolves fans who have been really plugged in, one thing that has been kind of going around the Timberwolves uh, Twitter sphere is people are really excited about Vanderbilt, Jared Vanderbilt. And we got him for the KBD thing. So KBD, if, if Vanderbilt becomes something special, uh, that was a pretty good trade for trading KBD to get him, you know, in here. He was part of also bringing in Beasley and Wancho, you know. But yeah, totally. So right. yeah, 2018. Let's move on to number seven. Number seven is the 2014 draft. Yes, indeed. Zach Levine at 13 and Glenn Robinson the third at 40. I mean, Zach Levine uh, definitely has has outperformed you know his draft slot. Uh, there, sorry, he was thirteen. He was yeah, thirteen. Yeah. Um, you know, so that I think that was really good at the time. I was very upset, you know, when uh, when Flip took <laughs> Zach Levine, you know, down there. I don't really know who I wanted instead. I can't really remember <laughs> exactly who I thought they should take. But yeah, this is the Wiggins uh, Wiggins draft. We look, Scott and I were talking about the top five uh, last night: Wiggins, Parker, Joel Embiid, Aaron Gordon, Dante Exum. 
all but really Embiid, you know, have really disappointed. Aaron only, Gordon's only fine. Only two but, players in this draft have made an all-star team. Embiid wow. and one other one, I forget. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you got it's, – it's, it's a really tough draft. But, hey, Zach Levine at 13 was, it was a really good pickup, especially sort of unconventional at the time. You know, he was coming off the bench at UCLA. I'm not sure that was a slam dunk to happen. And then let's not let's not cover up Glenn Robinson the third uh, free agent this summer. At 40, to have a rotation guy down there and to have someone, you know, kind of a 3 and D guy, I think that's pretty good too. So can't forget about Glenn Robinson III. Flip, Flip did that. Flip called the Zach Levine pick a home run swing. Oh, He connected. Good. He connected. Good. Yeah. All right, next one. Number six. All right, that brings us to 1999, a, song, or a year that Prince famously talked a lot about. Um, and Neil, I might actually let you take this one over because you're definitely more about these players than you were paying closer attention to the team at this time than yeah, I was. Yeah, I mean, we had, uh, we had uh, Wally Zerbiak. Uh, uh, William Avery. Uh, Wally Zerbeck was six. William Avery was 14. Um, and then Lewis Bullock at 42. I'm not really sure who Lewis Bullock is. So may- maybe he didn't have a, uh, you know, a, a, an NBA career to, uh, <laughs> that was very important. Uh, but, you know, I just think, uh, you know, Wally at six, we're looking at the draft right now. Also kind of another really tough draft. Yeah. Elton Brand, number one, Steve Francis, two, Baron Davis, three, Odom, four. Uh, so Wally at six, Really good. There's not too many guys after him. Who, One of the few Timberwolves to make an all-star team. Not too many. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was huge for the Wolves for a long time. Again, this is significant Timberwolves draft. So, you know, uh, but after him, there's not many guys. Really, I mean, Rich, Richard Hamilton was picked right after him. I would say, yeah, him and Wally had sort of similar careers, although obviously Rich, Rip Hamilton you know, won a title with the, with, uh, with the Pistons. Sean Marion was picked after him. That's a guy I'd rather have. But after that, Tricks. it's slim pickings. So AK-47 is down at 24 in this draft. AK-47, when I was researching it, I learned he never made an all-NBA team. Wow, that's crazy. That's weird, weird to think about. But, you know, Wally, just a solid player for the Wolves. This is kind of in the Rosho vein, I guess, um, you know, where it was very important to have him and, you know, was on a number of the best uh, Timberwolves teams in franchise history. Uh, so, yeah, I think it was just important to have him and to get him at six. Uh, pretty good there. Pretty good uh, pick at that spot. Uh, but yeah, not again, not a totally sexy one. So that yeah. brings us to our top five, everybody. Number five. This is an interesting one because it, let's go back to 1996. Oh, let's go back with the number four pick. One of the best draft. This is a the great Milwaukee draft. Bucks. This yeah. is this is, this is a legendary draft. This is, might be the best draft ever. Uh, with the number four pick, the Milwaukee Bucks drafted Stefan Marbury, uh, Georgia Tech. And with the number five pick, the Minnesota Timberwolves drafted Ray Allen. Out of UConn. Heard of him? <laughs> Maybe you've heard of him. And what we did to move up one pick, basically, we traded Ray Allen and a future first-round pick to the Bucks to get Stefan Marbury here. Oof. And we're not here to talk about, you know, Ray Allen, Hall of Fame career, definitely the better player of the two. We can all agree. Oh, yeah. But we're not here to bury Stefan. This isn't a big mistake. He was a significant part of this franchise. Yes. And a hell of a basketball player. He was the future. And, you know, Chinese basketball legend at this point. <laughs> That's right. So I think you you wouldn't thumb your nose at Marbury's career. I'm sure he made an all – I'm pretty sure he made All-NBA as well. You know, he didn't make the Hall of Fame like Ray. Yeah. But he was a very good player. And, I I mean, 
there was no more exciting time to be a Timberwolves fan than the KG Marbury years. Where you thought, wow, this is this is the you know the one-two punch that we've got. These guys are going to take us everywhere we want to go. And we probably would have gone so far. We might have even won a championship with them if the money didn't come in the way. You know, yeah. Marbury can never handle that. KG got more money than him, and he wanted to be that top dog. So you know, unfortunately, I mean, tale as old as time. The head case, you know, it really set in with Marbury getting his shoe brand tattooed on his head and stuff like that. <laughs> Starberry. But uh, for a while there, those are some of the best years of being a Timberwolves fan. So you got to love that Marbury pick. Yeah, it was significant because it was kind of a big what if for the Wolves, I guess, uh, in that uh, in that era. All right. So now it was this number four, right? Are we at four? Yeah, we're, we're at, at number, number four. Number four. Number four is 2009. Yes, indeed. It's the Ricky, a draft that will live in infamy. The Ricky Rubio draft, you guys. That's that's what most people call it, right? Yep. Not not just Timberwolves. It's not fans. known as anything else. Most people know it as the as the Ricky Rubio draft, of course. A triumphant draft for the Timberwolves. Oh, a triumphant draft filled with so many players. Okay, so we have Ricky Rubio at five, Johnny Flynn at six. Ty Lawson at 18, Wayne Ellington at 28, Nick Calathis at 45, and Hank Norell at 47. We had two picks in the top 10, four in the first round, and six total picks this in this uh, year. Only three of those guys actually played for the Wolves, Rubio, Flynn, and Ellington. We traded those uh, second-round picks for cash. Oh, got to have more cash, Glenn. A returning you know, theme to this franchise's stuff history. Stuff under your mattress, bro. Traded for cash. Um, so, yeah, Ricky, obviously. I mean, Ricky. We love Ricky. Ricky and Johnny Flynn over Steph Curry is the headline here, but... Uh, no, it's Johnny Flynn over Steph Curry. St- it's not Flynn. Ricky and Johnny yeah, Flynn. Ricky. Ricky was a great pick at number five. I wish we had spent the number six pick on Steph Curry. I mean, Tyreek Evans and Hashim Thabit were also taken in this draft ahead of all these guys. Yeah. At four and, and two, respectively. James Harden at three. That was crazy. Uh, Blake Griffin, number one in this draft. Great draft also. A lot, a lot of good names um, in this draft. Jeff Teague, old friend Jeff Teague, mm-hmm. in 19th overall in this one. So, yeah, I mean, just just significant, obviously, in big ways for the Wolves. You know, picking Ricky and not picking, uh, you know, this is the con, end of the con era. And, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, trying to trying to pair Ricky and uh, Johnny Flynn together, you know, and trying to – Well, we knew Ricky wasn't going to come together. over right away. Right, you know? yeah. It took, it took a year, I guess. Drafting for the future. So, yeah, that, that had, to be, had to be in here. It was very significant. It was a big pivot point uh, in, in the country uh, – or, sorry, in the, in the history of the Timberwolves. And we'll, we'll so. never live it down. Johnny Flynn over Steph Curry, we will never, ever, ever live it down. Yes. But we yes. just got to push on. And once again, don't be Smirch Ricky's name. No. We yeah. loved him. He was a great, one of my, maybe my favorite Timberwolves player ever. Still great. So. All right, let's move on. Number three. Number three. That brings us to what I think is probably the most successful draft the Timberwolves have ever had. It, it was 2008. We drafted O.J. Mayo at number Ooh. three. Everyone was into O.J. Mayo. They're like, wow, he's got that Jordan prototype. He's going to be good. Yeah, and looked apart. The Timberwolves traded O.J. Mayo along with Marco Yarich, Antoine Walker, and Greg Buckner in exchange for the fifth pick, which was Kevin Love. We also got Mike Miller, Brian Cardinal, and Jason Collins. And remember, Mike Miller was a part of getting the Ricky Rubio draft pick. That's right. So, glass Mike. It worked out the next year. So, I mean, you just look at that and you're like, O.J. Mayo, who? Kevin Love, NBA champion, multi-time all-star, made all-NBA, you know? he's He was the real deal. He was... 
probably the third best franchise player we've ever had, you know? Oh, yeah. And this was this was another controversial one at the time. I remember not being very happy about this. You know, you got O.J. Mayo. You know, he was on, like, on the cover of Slam magazine. He was that, you know, that, that, that swing man, scoring type you really wanted. And then you trade him. You trade down to get this rebounder. Chubby. Chubby white guy. We have Big Al on the team already. Uh, it's like, what's going on here? And, wow, did it ever pay off? That That's, I mean, I think that was Mikhail. Mikhail pulling the strings on this one. That sustained so. us for like the next seven years Oof. of fandom. Yeah, really really good. 30-30 really game. Really good draft. But that's not all. I mean, we did, we only got to three on this one, Scott. Talk about the rest of this, the rest of this draft. Okay. 2008. The best second-round pick in Timberwolves history. Oh, yeah. Nikola Pekovic, my friends. Ever heard of him? Oh, the Godfather. Oh man, one of my favorite Timberwolves players, you know, up there. Just a great era when uh, what were they calling him the Blues Brothers or the Bash Brothers uh, or something like Bruce that. Bruce Brothers. Bruce Brothers. Yeah. That's it. Pekovic, one of a kind. Just a mountain of a man. Mm. Uh, some of my favorite basketball memories are watching guards run into him on a pick so and then bounce screens. off of him. Yeah. Look like they just got shot. And and Pekovic <laughs> didn't move at all. He had that little bunny, you know, like hook shot. You know, oh. he, he would never dunk it. He would just no, do a no. little flipping and a little soft touch. Oh, he, and you know. Obviously, injuries ended his career too soon, and uh, I hope he's doing all right. I heard he had a really bad case of coronavirus, Ooh. and he was struggling. Hope you're doing okay. I hope Peck. you're doing okay. I think he's also involved in the mafia overseas now. So he lot, always was. Yeah, he took the Godfather nickname a little too seriously. But <laughs> uh, Pekovic, fan favorite, best second round pick we've ever done, and also a second round pick, Mario Chalmers, NBA champion, NBA champion, who played a crucial role in uh, those Miami Heat. Teams, the Heatles with LeBron, Bosch, and Wade. He was the starting point guard often for that team. Did he get and traded for Beasley? He got traded for cash considerations. Okay, of course, my bad. Yeah, he got that's, traded for cash. That's what I should have asked first. So, um, yeah, Glenn Taylor made some money, and we got Kevin Love and Pekovic, and we got rid of bad contracts and brought in guys like Glass Mike and the custodian Brian Cardinal. And Jason Collins, who was the first openly gay player in NBA history. So many, so many hits. Yeah, so, so many good ones. So I think. You know, these next two drafts, well, we'll get into them. You ready to move on, Neil? Yes. Let's go to number two. Number two. Number two, 2015, the number one overall pick, Carl Anthony Towns, of course. Ooh, Ooh what then, a good uh, what a good year to have the number one pick. What a great year. That's, that's what we wished this year was like, where there was sort of a franchise-altering number one pick, but then also Chetty Osman, 31, and Rakeem Christmas, yeah. 36, and traded Chetty and Rakeem Christmas for Tyus Jones. In, in Ever heard of him? Maybe maybe we've heard of him. Maybe we've already talked about him we on loved, the show. Yeah, what, what a great draft for Flip. He deserved it uh, because he tanked the hell out of the year before. This was the third and final time in franchise history where we had the worst record in the league, and for once we didn't move down in the draft. We just stayed we solid. We just stayed solid. Yeah. Flip spent the whole second half of the season playing Zach Levine at point guard, Brutal. just resting Ricky Rubio, not Brutal. letting him play, and we tanked our way hard to that number one pick, and I remember all season it was I mean going into the season it was Okafor everyone was like yeah that's the thing it's he's like, the number one guy he's going like to be the franchise changing the lead guy up, the lead up to the draft was not clear you and know, then it, it was clear by the time I think draft night came around right about this time that year or whatever, like a week before. But in the months before, it was, it was or like, during the college it season, it yeah. was either one or two. Cat so. really proved, you know, yeah. And what a fun college season. Cat on Kentucky, them doing amazing. And yeah, we had Booker. Tyus and Okafor bringing Duke to the national championship. Very fun. So super fun season. And like I said, second best player in Timberwolves history. I mean, they Carl got Anthony it right. Towns. It wasn't some big coup or anything like that. But it was just like they just did the right thing with number one. And it was significant to the franchise. So it has to be number two. Yep, absolutely. And I'm sure we'll shock you with our number one pick. 
Number one brings us to 1995, my friends. And the pick, number one pick, Joe Smith. Whoa. Future Timberwolves legend. <laughs> but all the way down to number five, what a great steal. At number five, oh, yeah. future Hall of Famer, one of the best power forwards of all time, Kevin Garnett. KG plucked out of high school. I actually remember like being a little kid. And hearing about this, because I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but at 95, we, you and I are about to move. We're living in, in Des Moines. We are about to move to Minnesota. And I remember just hearing that someone out of high school was picked by the Timberwolves. Maybe I was paying attention because we were about to move there or whatever. But I just like, couldn't fathom it, and I couldn't believe it. I mean, you look at this list here on Basketball Reference. Look, there, he has no college affiliation. He's the only person nope. in the first round that has no college affiliation. You know, he wasn't the first guy to come out of high school or whatever, but it was still like super weird at the time. And wow, what a pick it was. Best player in the draft, best player, one of the best players of his generation, definitely the best player in Timberwolves history. It's hard to imagine that the Timberwolves would still be a franchise without those bedrock years of Kevin Garnett leading us to the playoffs every single season, you know. And most every good thing that's happened to the Timberwolves has come from Kevin Garnett for the most part. So, right. shouts to KG. Uh, he's probably listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I, I'm sad Wiggins. we got rid of the Glenn Taylor doesn't know, you know. I live in Minnesota. Shout to Soda. Y'all know what it is. Yeah, that's right. We're coming. We're coming. We got, got the Uzis. <laughs> Loading up the pump. Oh, man. It's so many good memories. <laughs> oh, what a legend. Yeah. And yeah, I got rid of the one where he disparages uh, Glenn Taylor. I'll bring that back for you, though. I know you like that one. Well, it's such a good one to drop whenever Glenn comes up. <laughs> um, but also, you know, maybe once again, future owner of the franchise. Yes. Who knows? Who knows? Let's go. Let's let's see it. Um, a, a couple consolation prizes here. 2013, uh, Wolves traded down. Uh, I forget where they I think where they we, were. We were number nine because we nine. wanted KCP, and he went number eight. To he went the number Pistons. eight. So Wolves picked Trey Burke uh, for the Jazz and traded him uh, for Shabazz Muhammad and Gorgie Jang, like the 13th pick and like the 21st pick or something like that. Uh, they also picked Andre Robertson, who never played for the team, Lorenzo Brown, and Boyan Dublovich. Guess what we traded Andre Robertson for? What, 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 a player? Cash considerations, oh, my friends. Oh, no, no, cash money. Cash money. But yeah, Shabazz and Gorgie. Especially Gorgie. Great, especially Gorgie, great two-for-one deal, especially for Trey Burke, who never really panned out to be anything in the league. Right, and Gorgie Jane, uh, you know, he's all over the Timberwolves record books, you know, so... We love Gargi. Uh, a couple notable ones that were not so good. 2010, Wes Johnson, pick number four, and Lazar Hayward, number 30. Just Wes over Boogie is one that looms large for the Wolves. At the time, we knew we were. It was a slow yeah. motion chain wreck. And it was yeah. like, well, we have Big Al and Kevin Love. We can't we can't drive Boogie. And then we traded Big Al two weeks later. I mean, that's indefensible. The number one, don't draft for fit. Draft for talent. And that's that, that one is on, it seems crazy to say, but it's on the level of skipping Curry for Johnny Flynn. Uh, for David Kahn. Uh, as far as David Kahn draft mistakes, Wes Johnson uh, is almost as bad as Johnny Flynn. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, we, in 1992, uh, the year where we should have had Shaq or at least Alonzo Mourning, we fell to three. Got Christian Leitner, who is definitely, you know, kind of the big name on the Timberwolves yeah, before KG. the dream team. But I think what's interesting is after Leitner, you know, you could say like, oh, we should have drafted someone better. But there are only two players drafted after him in that draft oh. who made an all-star team. Who were they? Tom Gugliotta and Latrell oh. Spre- Sprewell, who oh. would also eventually come to play big roles in Timberwolves history. Serendipitous. And then our last honorable mention, 2006, 
the Randy Foy for Brandon Roy trade. Wolves picked at six, I believe, and uh, I think we picked at five and got Roy five and, and traded yeah, down to one six. spot. Very, very shades of of Marbury Ray Allen uh, with the exact same result actually. Of of you traded an all star, uh, you traded a, you traded the worst player for a better player there. So Brandon Roy was instantly amazing. He was a rookie of the year, his second, third, and fourth year in the league. He made All NBA and All Star. Wild. And I just I raised the question to you. This is one of the biggest what ifs in Timberwolves history. If we had Brandon Roy in his rookie of the year season, would we have traded KG the think, following summer? I think the answer is no. There would have been hope. There would have been something to kind of build on, especially like a guard. So, uh, yeah, you, you got to think things would have been very different. Talk about franchise-altering decisions right there. Yep. So that is our uh, power rankings of significant Timberwolves drafts. Let us know what you think about that. Tweet at us. Uh, we are at WolvesCast on Twitter, and we'd love to hear from you. What uh, What are some of your favorite or least favorite moves from the Wolves uh, in the history. But uh, let's let's start to wrap this thing up. Well, let's get to Weekly Wolfies here. Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly Wolfies. All right, everybody. Welcome to Weekly Wolfies. It's an award we give out to uh, something notable. Good, bad, you know. You pick your adjective. We can give it to them. But it's a very prestigious award. Um, because it's our first of the season, I'm not necessarily going to pick something from last week. I'll pick something that happened <laughs> since our last podcast. And shout out to the Minnesota Lynx. I can't overstate enough how amazing they are. Because they lost all their best players. You know, by Maya, by Rebecca, by Lindsay, by Simone. I mean, we still had MVP Sylvia Fowles. Yeah, still still holding it down. She didn't really play this season, though. Yeah, out injured. with injuries. And what do we do? We make it to the the conference finals. The final I, four, yeah. We made it to the final four. Yeah. And, you know, man... I think we could have beat the Aces. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, we got matched up against the champion in yes. the Seattle Storm. Yes. But our team was led by second-year player Nafisa Collier Ooh. and first-year rookie of the year, not even our first pick in the first round, oh. Crystal Dangerfield. Second-round pick. Amazing. Speaking of picks, yeah. And so, you know, once again, just a team that you would look at on paper and be like, oh, this is a rebuilding team. Yeah. Maybe we'll in a few years, a year they'll get really good. Yeah. We were three wins away from the NBA Finals with a team led by a second year and a first year player. Really, really, uh, yeah, really special team. Yeah, the, the Crystal was the first uh, second uh, round pick to be named Rookie of the Year in, in league history. So, yeah, that was the big highlight of the season, really. Truly, in every way, they are the anti Timberwolves. <laughs> Yeah, it all starts with Cheryl Reeve. I mean, she's the, you know, the the Greg Popovich of the NBA or, uh, you know, or the WNBA of just like, they just pull together a competent team just every year. You know, I feel like that's just what it's going to be. You know, they're just, when you have Cheryl Reeve, you have a certain baseline competence and, yeah, defense and rebounding, and yeah, they're they're building up, but they're not going anywhere. You know what I mean? The rebuild is not Future bottoming looks out. So so bright. <laughs> I love FISA. That's oh good. my god. Yes, yes. So the links always fun to watch. Hopefully, uh, they'll be getting back into action. Uh, you know, here in the, not not in the summer. Hopefully, maybe in their normal time, April. Um, but yeah, always good to shout out the links, Scott. Thanks for bringing up the links. Um, here on Wolves Cast, we check out Neil's pod, Links Dynasty. That's right, right here on Canis Hoopus. Canis Hoopus in the house. All right, my uh, weekly Wolves. All of our vlogging partners too. You know, especially Canis. Like they, they've been there for a long time. Oh yeah, Timberwolves. We've been there for a long, long time. Thanks, uh, former uh, Lynx assistant coach Jim Pete. Um, all right, my weekly Wolfie is going to a YouTube channel I've been watching recently called Hardwood Herald. 
H-E-R-A-L-D. This has been a very nice uh, draft companion for me as I try and brush up on learn, seeing some some film on uh, on some of these draft picks. Um, some of the more established, uh, maybe some of the ESPN stuff has you know not really been uh, you know quite as you know kind of. I think uh, I think it's Mike Schmitz who usually does a really good good job for ESPN and going more into like interviewing the players and doing some different stuff. Probably still good content, but I'm just looking for like show me a bunch of plays of these guys playing and breaking down the strengths and weaknesses. And Hardwood Herald has been a good a good channel that I found that goes pretty deep, uh, you know, 10, 15-minute videos on each of these guys. So as you listen to this, we're still about a week away from the draft. So if you're still looking um, to see some, see some tape, see some of these guys in action, uh, watch YouTube and kind of at least have a baseline uh, knowledge on um, who these players are or even after the draft, after the Wolves pick, you know, a couple players. And, oh, what, do they, what can they do? Check out Hardwood Herald. Uh, we'll put the link in the show notes of this episode so you can uh, just click on it and go, uh, go watch that. But that's a good way to uh, brush up on the draft. All right, that does it for Weekly Wolfies. We gave out some awards. Uh, every episode, we finish things off strong with a game. Every episode, a game at the end to send you away ooh, with ooh, a, ooh. a little challenging brain buster. Oh, Scott, you're going to quiz me? I've got a good That's usually how it goes. So, Shout out uh, to Jake wait. Painting, our Australian oh. Timberwolves friend, because this week, and also I won't try an Australian accent like I did on our pod with Jake. <laughs> uh, maybe I will. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, you know, so with uh, LaMelo Ball, future Timberwolf, oh. uh, playing last season with the Illawarra Hawks. We're the only team in the oh, wow. ABL who were original, you know, one of the original teams. You know, they've oh. been from 1979 to today. They've been in the league. Yeah, the entire time. Formerly the Walla Game Hawks. Soon to just be the Hawks to broaden their appeal in New South Wales. Okay. I'm going to read you some team names, Neil, and you're going to tell me if that's an ABL team or if it's not. <laughs> okay. So these are basketball teams somewhere, but I need to choose whether it's an Australian team or not. Good. All right, Neil, our first uh, team, the New Zealand Breakers. Are they an ABL team or are they not? Oh, breaker? Uh, breaker Breaker does not sound uh, does not sound like a basketball squad. You know, it sounds like something different. So I'll, I'll say they're not. Mm. RJ Hampton, who is a potential lottery pick, played for breakers. the New Zealand Breakers. I guess it could year. be like a wave reference, like a breaking wave. Probably. You know, lots of surfing going on in Australia. So maybe it's a wave reference. I don't know. All right, Neil, our next one. The Adelaide 36ers. <laughs> oh, this has to be fake. The 36ers, much like the 76ers. Uh, I, I don't know what this is. I, I'm going to say it's not a team, not a real team. Not a 36ers fan, I see. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, what is the 36ers? Did you do any homework on the 36ers? Do you know them? I did not. <laughs> That's really what I know. I want to know where all these names come from. Well, okay. See, we got to leave a little mystery for our fans to wonder about. 36ers. Maybe, maybe Jake Painting could talk about it on Paint Points yeah, this next episode. Yeah, please get back to us, Jake, on this. All right, next up, the Brisbane Supercats. Oh. Uh, Brisbane, as you would say if you live Brisbane. there. Brisbane. The same as like Melbourne. Mel, Mel, we say like Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So it's like out there is like Melbourne. Um, Super Cats? Yep. It also sounds fake, but I've gotten the first two wrong, so I don't know what to pick. I'm going to stick with my gut. That one is not real. Fake. Not, not, not an ABA. Okay. I chopped up two teams in the ABL. It's the Brisbane... Bullets and the Geelong Supercats. Geelong Supercats no longer a team, but Geelon. those were two different teams that I mashed them up for you. All right, all right. So some are fake. They're not all. They're not all real. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. Um, all right. Next up, the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. 
Oh, Jack Jumpers. It's an ant, by the way. A Jack Jumper. I oh, do know this one. Okay. Uh, Jack Jumper. That, that sounds like it could be real. For the first time in this game, I'm going to predict that that is a, a real team in the league. Yes, I'm on a roll. They will, oh. be, they will be next year. They're oh, new team expansion. added to the league. Expansion. Coming next, next season. Get ready for your Jack Jumpers. Jack Jumpers. Again, I just need to know what a Jack Jumper is. Yeah. All right, Neil, your next one. The Singapore Slingers. Wow, Singapore. So the ABA, like 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 Singapore in Asia? Like, yeah. They're <laughs> just a very expanded league here. It's the Australian Basketball Association, but come on down, Singapore. Uh, what was the name? The Slingers. Singapore Slingers. I do like the alliteration. It does sound like it could be real. Uh, I'll say it's real. Let's go three in a row real. Ah, yes, thank you. They thank were you. only in the league for about three years in the 2000s, like 06 to 08, before they realized that the travel was too expensive. <laughs> they couldn't keep traveling. I see, so no more Singapore. In the yeah, league. yeah, yeah, but they were a real team. All right, Neil, just a couple more. How do you feel about the Gold Coast Tassie Devils? Oh, sounds so real. Gold Coast Tassie Devils. Tassie Devils. Oh, it sounds real, but I, I'm gonna say, I think you also could have made this one up. I'm going to say... You made it up. This is not a real team. Nope. You got it right. You got it, you got it right. Uh, okay. Uh, there's a team called the Gold Coast Rollers. Okay. And there was a team called the Hobart Tassie Devils, but there was uh, no Gold Coast Tassie Devils. All right. Two more, Neil. Uh, the Lanston. I'm sure I'm saying this one wrong. Lanston. Lanston Taipans. Taipans? It's a snake. The Lanston Taipans. Oh, Lanston Taipans. Um... I'll say, yeah, that, that sounds good. Taipan sounds real. Oh. Once again, I did some mashups here. It's the Lanston Casino City, and it's the Kearns Taipans. So tr- so tricky. These are actually sort of real team names, but not actually with that city. Lanston <laughs> Casino City. What a name for a team. Yo. Our final one, Neil. The Canberra Crocodiles. Canberra Crocodiles. Let's, let's let this one be real. This is a real one. Crocodiles go hand in hand with Australia. Yes, this is a real team name. Uh, once again, it's a mashup. It's the uh, Canberra Cannons and the Townsville Crocodiles. All the Australians listening to this show, of which there are more than one. It's not just Jake out there. We do have a, uh, uh, you know, there are dozens of us situation uh, in Australia. We'll have even more listening when we draft Lamella Ball. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're trying to grow the Australian listenership here at Wolves Cast with this game. So, yes, thank you for the game. Throwing throw some tricky ones out there. Yeah. But team names are always fun. Yeah, especially so. when they're Aussie team names. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. The Jack Jumpers. That's amazing. The 36ers. Oh, the 36ers is my favorite one. That is, that is something else. We got to get, get down to the history of some of these. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for tuning in. We went a little long today. If it's your first, it's been time. six months. Yeah, so we, 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 fit had, it all we in. had it all built up inside of us, and I'm sure you're happy to get a little extra time with Neil and Scott this oh, week yeah. because oh, it's yeah. been so long. But if you're tuning in for the first time, usually we try to keep it around an hour. If you're tuning in for the first time, thanks for sticking around to the end. Woo. Not, not, not everybody makes it. You this like far. this show? Yeah, we, we welcome you. We will continue to bring you the pods uh, during the season. We do it weekly. We will be back next week to talk about the draft and, and then. Free agency because it's yeah we'll probably be doing weekly just because things are going to be moving so yeah fast. Uh, so. i'm saying next week the draft will have happened and free agency will be like 24 hours away yeah. next week's show will be two hours long yeah so uh <laughs> we hope you come back for that shout out to candace hoopas thanks for having us check out their other great podcasts and they're great writing 
Absolutely. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, thanks for listening to us this week, everybody. See you next week. Stay safe. Wear your masks. Judy Eby.